Hello and welcome. It's Markets Trucking Answers. We are coming to you again into your ear hole instead of your eye holes. That is what people prefer. Nine out of ten teachers in the Chicago Teachers Union prefer this method. I'm here today with my co-host Gracie, who is currently taking a bath, but will be ready to throw in some cat wisdom at any time. Today we will have some trucking news and a story from me that is a continuation of the story that you already know, which I think is very interesting and very appropriate at this time. Some automotive news and ripped from today's headlines, a reason we are not on Mars. You may have read about it and you probably thought, these people are idiots, that's why we're not on Mars. You're correct and we'll get into that a little later. 42 countries now listen to Trucking Answers podcast. That's pretty amazing to me. Welcome to the Czech Republic. Oh, yeah. Czech Republic. We are covering the world here with Trucking Answers. And I think that's pretty cool, by the way. Uh, for those of you that didn't hear, I was interviewed from uh, the United Kingdom yesterday for Business Insider. So that was pretty fun. I'll let you know when that uh, pops up, what that's going to do. That was really great, and I thank Business Insider for reaching out to me for an interview. That is awesome. But let's get into what we're doing today. Now, on Tuesday's show, this goes on, podcast goes on every Tuesday, Friday, weather permitting. Remember that? So what I want to do on Tuesday usually is continue the Monday live show, which goes 12.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Join the Wiener Fun over there. And what we talked about there... I continued my story of last week when I had a couple of tire problems. So you may know the tire problems, but you do not know the rest of the story. Oh, yes. Mild apologies to the Paul Harvey family for that. So here we go. And this is relevant to what's going on. I really want you to think about what I'm saying here. I do feel that it's very important. And so sit back and uh, let's have a listen to what I'm about to say. This is my actual story of what happened. Now, the story involves the wife, and I did ask the wife for permission to tell the story before telling it. I'm not, I don't just tell stories on uh, people like that, especially the wife, because that can result in um, much bodily injury, much less anything else, seriously. But so she's okay with me telling the story. And I think it's important in, the, in light of what's happening. I want everybody who is for or against the vaccine, which would be 100% of people, but you're there for or against it. So. Uh, to listen and I'll tell you what's happening and how the news is misleading people in my actual story here. So I get, I'm coming back. I had my two flats, which was a mess as we know about. Okay. So I never liked that anyways. Nobody does, but I believe these were fully preventable. Uh, if the people that would just ahead of me would do their job, we wouldn't have these problems. All right. So anyways, right. I'm coming home. I'm very, very late. I left early and I end up being way late, right? It's getting on daylight and I get a call, which is very unusual, you know, from the wife, all frantic. She's like, you know, will you, where are you, where are you? First off, where are you? So I tell her, you know, I'll probably be home 35, 40 minutes that I was running way late and all that kind of stuff. I don't let her know that stuff in the middle of the night. Generally, she's in bed, so it's usually not a problem. She's like, well, look, will you take me to the emergency room when you get home? Uh, I said, uh, yeah, what's what's going on? Of course. I knew, I've been up since, you know, the noon the day before, so, but, you know, I'll take her. She's like, I think my appendix is explosions, so 
uh, and I got to have my appendix out. I said, look, if you're going to have your appendix out, you know, call an ambulance because waiting, you know, we won't get to the door of the hospital probably for an hour from right now. And that can be death. Appendicitis is nothing to mess with, by the way. If you think that's your problem, go to the emergency room immediately, wherever you are. Get an ambulance, drive there, whatever you have to do, go. Because you can die from that and die quickly from it, okay? She's like, I don't think I can get up and open the door for the ambulance. So, which led me to, as an aside, I'm going to have several of these. What happens if you're at home and you call an ambulance and you actually can't get to the door? They'll break in. If you, especially if you tell them, they will break in to come and get you. So that's pretty interesting. They have all the tools that necessary to get in your house. Pretty interesting. And she's like, well, I don't want to break the door. I go, look, who cares about the door? I'll get another door, you know, get yourself to the hospital. So, but uh, she's like, well, if I feel I have to go, otherwise, if I'm still here, you can take me. So, <clears throat> all right. So I get home and uh, she's still there. So we get her into the car and head over to the emergency room. All right. So here's where the interesting part of the story goes. We get in there and here's another aside. All right. There's going to be many of these. You have to wear a mask in the hospital. So I want to ask people. I know many of you are opposed to masks, as I am, because I don't think they work. All right, I think it's ridiculous wearing them. And even now, the CDC is coming out saying, yeah, maybe they don't work. Maybe you can only wear a medical one that works. So you get there, it's required. So I want to ask you who have been 100% opposed, would you leave your spouse to go in there by themselves and not wear a mask because you're opposed to masks? All right, think about that. Think about it. You can't ever, this is not a 100% thing. And by the way, they make you change to their mask when you get inside there, which I did. Okay, no problem. I'm like, whatever, I'm coming in here. So we get in there, and I know the news. As much as people think, oh, Fox is the truth or CNN is the truth or whatever, whichever side you're on, I want to tell you this. I thought, you know what? We're in the emergency room. I'm going to count up all the people waiting in the waiting room while we're, while we're sitting here. Because they're like, have a seat over there, and we'll get to you right away or whatever. So we sit down, we find a seat and sit down. I counted all the people up in the waiting room, including the two of us. I want you to get a number in your head. Now, mind you, there's around 75,000 people in Lafayette and another 50 or so in West Lafayette. So within easily 10 miles of this hospital, there's 125,000 or more people that live in the area. All right. And this is a major hospital. You got a helipad, right? This is a big place. How many people were waiting in the waiting room? Remember the news. Waiting rooms are packed full of people. They're overflowing. How many people were there, including us two? Two. All right? Two. This is last week. This is not a million years ago. I guess it's last week, depending where you're listening to it. But there were two of us, me and the wife. That's it. Nobody else waiting. 60 seconds, we're in a room. Nurse comes out. Here's another aside. When you are at a hospital, make sure you get an RN. Look for it under tag. This has been going on for years. Hospitals have been reducing their costs by having lesser trained people work on you. They'll get an LPN or a CNA even to get you in there. And that is not acceptable. Be sure to get at least a registered nurse or higher, right? A physician's assistant, something like that. You want somebody who's been trained, just like trucking companies should want drivers that have experience. You want a trained person to come and talk to you. Okay. So look for the tag, get an RN, demand you get an RN. All right, so, and that's growing up with an RN and everything else. That is very important. I want somebody that knows what the heck they're talking about. And so an RN comes and gets us, talks to the wife, you know, takes down what's going on, what do you feel, what's happening. All right, so then he takes us to a room. He goes, all right, we're going to get you into a room right away. 
how many rooms were being used. We go in the back where all the emergency room rooms are. None. None. Think about that. They were all available. There were not bodies piled up. There were not death and destruction everywhere. People weren't stacked up to the ceiling. It was us. That's it. Us. In the back. We go in the room. Talk to nurse. I go, wow, has it been busy? What's going on? She goes, no, not really. She's like, you're the first people I've seen in quite a while. Amazing. That's my actual story from being in the emergency room. That's only part one of the story. Part one. Because this goes on and this is what's going to come up here in a minute. It's even more important. Even more important to what's happening. But the emergency room here, not only is it not busy, there wasn't anyone there. We were there probably six hours total. And... um. By the time we left, there were two rooms being used out of probably 10 rooms that they had back there. Not busy at all. Not people moaning like you see in, you know, Mel, uh, you know, Mel Gibson movies with oh, all these people are bleeding everywhere. No. Coughing. No. Nope. No. So keep that in mind for what the news is telling you and from what is actually happening. I was in an emergency room five days ago. All right. No one was there but me and the wife for a while. So anyways, uh, and here's another important thing. They talked to her and like, okay, maybe appendicitis, whatever, but we got to look inside you. So let's go get a CT scan of you. So they take her to go get a CT scan. Uh, I hang around in the room, right? Mess around with the TV set, look in all the drawers and everything, grab a tongue depressor. And <laughs> so they didn't, they brought her back faster than I thought. It doesn't, apparently they don't take long to do that. <clears throat> she comes back in the room. And the doctor's like, all right, we're going to go look at it, and we'll be back with you. By the way, they had given her morphine, so she was feeling pretty good by this point. She's on the morphines. I said, boy, there goes your drug test. She goes, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to take a drug test. Although, remember, you'd be able to pass a drug test because it was given by a doctor. So, but uh, pretty funny. She had the morphine. Felt pretty good after that. So, um, that was pretty good. And now, so we're waiting. They come back a little bit. A doc These are doctors now coming in. And this doctor... So you're in a room, you're laying there, and they have a screen that they can look at stuff. The doctor's looking at it, and the doctor turns the screen so we can see it also. And she asks the wife, have you ever had your appendix out? Okay, and the wife is like, no. And the doctor says, could it have been out and you didn't know it? And I was thinking, I guess if you didn't know it, you wouldn't know it's out, right? So the doctor said, maybe you had it out as a kid and didn't know it, you know, and the wife is like, maybe, I guess, I don't know. But as far as I know, it hasn't been out. Well, she goes, she's looking at the CT scan. CT scan is right, like sli thin slices of your body that they can move back and forth and they get to see inside of you without opening you up. And she goes, well, it's out. You don't have an appendix. It's been taken out at some point. She goes, I don't know when, but at some point it was taken out and you don't have one. So that appendicitis is not going to be your issue. She goes, so I'm going to go consult with a surgeon, have him look at this, and then we'll be back in to see you in a little bit. And so we're like, okay, whatever. The wife's got morphine. She's like, oh, whatever, right? So no problem, no problem. So in a little bit, another doctor comes in, okay? And so this guy is a surgeon there in the hospital. He goes, sorry, I was in surgery or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, maybe you should have stopped that to come and talk to us. So that's what I was thinking, right? So he, he turns the screen. Now, this is super important. Here we go. Remember, what everybody says, you must listen to the science. Doctors say this is the thing to do. 
So you either you have to get your shot, you have to wear a mask because doctors say the doctor said this surgeon turns the screen to the wife and me, right? Because I'm sitting there and points out her appendix. Now get that. He's like, oh, yeah, he's moving it back and forth. He goes, yeah, here's your appendix right here. He goes, it looks fine. So that you're not having appendicitis right now. It's in good condition. It's uh, whatever shape it's supposed to be. He goes, it's the right size. He goes, he's got a tape measure, whatever he goes. So everything is fine with it. Let me tell you what. And within one hour, two doctors saw the same scan and came to a different conclusion. All right. So when you tell me. Or you go out and demand people do something medically to themselves based on something you heard from some doctor on TV. I'm here to tell you, they may or may not be right. All right. Here, we had two doctors in the same place look at the same scan. One said your appendix has been removed. The next one says it looks fine. And here it is right here. All right, so don't go out all holier than thou on everybody and say you should get this or this doctor said it or Fauci said it or any doctor. I don't care the CDC director. I don't care who it is. They say this is the best thing. At, at one point in the world, the best thing to do for headaches was to drill holes in your head and let spirits out. And ser- that is, I'm being serious about that because that would have been the current medical advice. And so... Some people in the society would have said, well, doctors say you should drill holes in your head. And so you should drill holes in your head. You have no idea what the right thing is for somebody else. Not Fauci, not any doctor. Okay, that's why I stand and say your medical decisions, what you do to your own body are yours to make only. No government, government should impose that on you and say you can't go outside like in Australia right you can't be out of your house unless you get this you can't um, you know Austria right you can't do anything basically unless you are vaccinated that is not right not right at all because some doctor decides that's the right thing another doctor may decide that is not the right thing just like happened to the wife five days ago okay two people both trained physicians looked at the same scan and had a different conclusion right in front of us. Now, I don't know what I'm looking at on that scan, okay? I don't. I went to pub- First off, I went to public school, so I'm half an idiot as it is. And then, you know, I didn't go to medical school or anything. I did Google stuff up while I was there for 30 seconds. But I don't know what an appendix looks like in there, so we just got to go with what they say. So what I'm telling you is that, please... If you decide something is right for you, that's fine. I got no problem with that. I don't care. If you're like, this is the right thing for me, I'm going to go do it. That's great. Go ahead and do it. And if you say, that's not right for me because of what I learned, I'm not going to do it. That's great too. Okay, but each person, each person in a free society like this one supposedly is or used to be, right, should be able to make that choice for themselves free of governmental interference. They have no right, in my opinion, none, to come out and say that. And now, last week too, I'm sure you heard about this, and I'm sorry this is being all political, but this gets into trucking because what are they talking about? Sotomayor at the Supreme Court, the vaccine mandate, which will affect many truck drivers as well as everybody else, okay? She comes out and says what? I'm sure you heard it. 100,000 children are hospitalized right now. That's that's not true. That's not even close to true. She got fact-checked by CNN and the CDC. 
Okay. 2,700 children are hospitalized right now. 2,700 children are hospitalized. All right. Not 100,000. So when the Supreme Court justice has no idea what they're talking about, we have lost the fight of freedom in this country. Because I'll tell you the other side of this, it shouldn't matter to her what, how many children are hospitalized. Does that sound terrible? It is. It is. But all that should matter to Sotomayor and the other eight justices are what does the Constitution say? That's it. That's it. I don't care if they said, if you get the shot, you will 100% live. And if you don't get it, you 100% die. Okay. Say it was that clear cut. I still wouldn't make you get it. I wouldn't because the Constitution does not allow the government to mandate that you get a shot. I looked through my pocket Constitution. Vaccines aren't listed in there. Now, people could say, well, Mark, it's uh, for the betterment. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. I care about what does the Constitution say? Because the government doesn't get to do anything except what the Constitution allows it to do. That's it. Nothing more. That's why it was written to hold the government back. You have all of your rights. The government doesn't get to do anything except what's listed in the document. If you don't like it, go change the document. I got no problem with that. No problem at all. Go change it. Fine. Amend it. There's a way to amend it. That's why they allowed that. Because they knew over time that society and that would change. And so we'd be able to amend the document to better suit what society's doing. If you want to say the government gets to mandate vaccines, go amend the Constitution. Go ahead. And then I'll say, right, everybody's got to get a vaccine. It's Constitution. Okay. Good luck with that, too. Good luck with doing that. I want to see somebody actually go do it. All right. That's my story of what happened last week. That's a continuation of my flat tire. Now I got home at like 1.30. PM. Super tired, right? Went to bed by 1.33. I was in bed, knocked out, snoozing away. Wife was sad. I said, if you need me, come and get me, whatever. Uh, she was basically out, too, from the morphine and the day at the hospital. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, uh, turns out a uh, hernia. Turns out that her appendix was okay, and she's a hernia, which uh, is going to be fixed here shortly. She's got an appointment with a surgeon, and she'll be going to get that fixed. That was causing her all the pain right there. Uh, in the same area that your appendix. And so she felt bad about going in. But I'll tell you what, you know, because it turned out not to be, you know, life threatening or whatever. But I, I, if you think that if you think you or anybody thinks you have a problem that is life threatening, please go to the emergency room, go see a doctor, go do something about it. Because if you are wrong, you will die. All right. So uh, it's worth going uh, to see somebody, if you think, oh, this could be something that I'm going to die from, why don't you go get it checked out, all right? Worry about paying for it if you don't have money later. Worry about breaking a door down or whatever later. Don't worry about any of that because if you're dead, what the heck good does anything else do, right? So get all that taken care of and you can worry about any issues that come up from it at some later point. So thank you uh, for listening to that. She'll be fine. Um, she's just resting, basically. She's doing better now, so uh, she's kind of got it all, everything all wrapped up until she can get in and see a surgeon, and that's what we're going to be doing. And I want to talk about the Chicago Teachers Union in relation to trucking. What? How does that have anything to do with trucking? Oh, it does. It does. It does, because they are doing exactly, exactly what I have said truck drivers should do forever. Okay, what do I always say? What do I say? Truck drivers should take pick a company, all right, or a certain company. I really think they should unionize at companies. Like, each company has its own union, but they're not going to do that. So you take a company 
whatever it is, company B, right? And you say, all right, we want these things. You go to boss, we want these things. We're going to get paid for our time. We're going to get, you know, all this, these paid, whatever this, da, da, da. Each company has its own issues, right? And if we don't, Monday at 9 a.m., we're going to not work. Okay, simple as that. Simple as that. And at 9 a.m., when they don't do it, every truck stops for that company. It has to be a large company for this to work. Every truck stops. And one person is the point person that they call. Call this phone number. This person will deal with you. And no truck moves until that person uh, get, says the trucks move. And this is what the Chicago Teachers Union has done. They feel, either rightly or wrongly, it doesn't matter, to be honest with you. What matters is that the Teachers Union says, we feel that there should be more protocols in place for safety, for testing, for whatever, before the kids come back to school. And so we're not going to come in until we feel it's safe for us to do so. And so Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who, by the way, is a handsome woman by anyone's, uh, you know, by anybody. Like if you combined like an Edsel and Medusa together. Right. So uh, she came out and said, oh, you can't come back. You have to come back to work. Um, This is an illegal work stoppage. Right. This is you're illegally not coming into work. Well, I wanted to tell the mayor. Here's the thing about work. The mayor. I don't know if you've ever looked at the mayor. Look at her for a minute and see what we're talking about. See, the mayor may also be a graduate of public school and may not know the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime where the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Well, what is involuntary servitude, Mark? Well, that is providing labor against your will to benefit another. Okay, even if you're paid for it. So if you're forced to provide your labor and don't want to, and it benefits someone else, that is involuntary servitude. It's prohibited in the United States based on the 13th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. And so there are no illegal work stoppages. You are not required ever to provide your labor. And that's what I say as a non-lawyer, but that is very clear in the 13th Amendment, which I just read to you. So no matter what the mayor says, or no matter what a trucking company says, you do not have to provide your labor against your will, ever. It's illegal for anyone to force you to labor against your will. Now, if you have a contract with somebody, they could sue you for monetary damages, but they cannot make you work. Okay, that's at trucking, at the Chicago Teachers Union, or whatever. And she was calling for their replacement. But guess what they just did today? They came to an agreement. Why? Because you can't replace everybody. How many thousands of teachers are there in Chicago? That's the thing. When they stick together, the mayor had to bend. So she's like, okay. So first she's like, no, we're not doing anything. Well, guess what? They said, we're not coming in. And today she goes, all right, all right, we'll do it. That's The power of sticking together, and that would be the power to the same at a trucking company. The same thing would happen. The company is going to be like, we're going to fire you, say no, because the person that is going to be the point person on the phone is going to say, look, if anybody gets fired, then none of these trucks move until the people are hired back. They're hired in so that nothing happens to anyone. All right. So you need a strong point person and you need everybody to park. And believe me, this wouldn't take days like it did with the Chicago Teachers Union. Because the point person at the trucking company who's on the phone says, look, 
as soon as you fire someone, the way I understand it, they no longer work for you. So if you fire someone, trucks are all over the country. You're going to have, you know, 3,000 abandoned trucks all over the country. And this works better at a refrigerated company. All right. So that reefers are running out of fuel. But it would work good at any company. So I'd say, is that what we're going to do? You're going to go recover all your trucks all over the place? How long is that going to take? Uh, so let's talk. Let's, that's all you'd have to do. Could it happen? Absolutely. Absolutely it could happen. All you got to do is people stick together. It would even work at a smaller place if the drivers were willing to do it. If a company, say, had 50 trucks and 35 drivers were willing to stop, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So you'll need a percentage of drivers, like over half, I would think, at a company for it to work. But I'm telling you, you need to fire people out of their country? I don't think so. Just like the teachers union. They know. They know they have the power when they stick together. And no matter what the mayor says or your trucking company, we have a contract. You have to work. You do not have to work. Remember the amendment. Okay, just remember this. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime where the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States. Right? And involuntary servitude is for a person laboring against their will to benefit another. Labor in these contexts means work, okay? You know, it doesn't have to mean physical labor. It just means whatever labor, whatever work benefits someone else. You do not have to do that. You don't have to. So no one can make you work one second longer than you want to. So if you all stop working, you can all stop working regardless of what the company gripes about or anything else. Get it together, meaning stand together. It doesn't have to be a union, but you just have to work together. And you can change trucking. The whole industry can change one company at a time. Absolutely. If you'll work just like the Chicago Teachers Union. And hopefully you won't have to negotiate with somebody that, uh, you know, looks like Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Hope She's probably getting her hair done. You know, she banned all that and then went and got her hair done, which I thought was super classic as well. So that's how the Chicago Teachers Union relates to drivers. Stick together. And you get exactly what you want. She bent. She finally blinked, as they say, uh, even though you probably can't tell. And they get are getting what they want, and they're going to go back to work. That's exactly how it works. I don't know why uh, drivers don't have uh, the backbone that teachers do. Teachers are pretty strong on that, and so they get what they want, right or wrong. What Even if what they want is wrong, like say they're 100% wrong, it doesn't matter. Nobody has to do it. When you stick together, they have no choice but to do it. So you can get what you want if you will just stick together to do it. Let's go tiny now for some little automotive news. A little automotive. <laughs> That's funny. I just thought about that right now. Bugatti. I'm sure you've heard of them. Kind of expensive cars. They're going to release a scooter. <laughs> That's right. So maybe we can all afford a Bugatti. It's a magnesium framed scooter. It weighs 35 pounds. It has a 700-watt motor that can go 18.5 miles an hour, which seems really fast on a scooter. I mean, they're tiny. So uh, here's a, it has cruise control also. Who puts cruise control on a scooter? Either way, it can carry a person up to 242 pounds. I don't know why that weird amount, but who knows with Bugatti. It'll go 22 miles. It'll take you four hours to recharge it. It has a little Bugatti logo on the front of it. It has three colors, blue, uh, black, and silver, I think, are the colors. And it projects the Bugatti EB logo on the ground as you drive it along and with a light that uh, puts it on there. Isn't that great? 
It's not great. So maybe Bugatti could be for everyone. Usually these scooters are under $1,000 now with Bugatti. This one will probably be more than that. You can pick up a scooter for three, $400 that'll get you around town. I think you look kind of foolish riding them around as an adult. But uh, hey, that's just me. And the tiny tires really bother me because holes in the ground and irregularities. The tires are so small that I think they're a lot more dangerous than maybe an electric bike, something like that. But a scooter from Bugatti, maybe that could be in your driveway uh, coming up soon. There's no price listed with Bugatti. I'm going to say it's two grand. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it doubles the price of other other scooters and put it at two thousand dollars but the magnesium boy that sounds if when you're done with it you can take it over to the recycling yard and get rid of it that way i'd like to now discuss with everybody another reason why we're not on mars do you know why we're not on mars because people are idiots on this planet and we have to waste our time and money and resources and everything else finding them housing them doing everything else with them so from recent headlines, we go to Ohio, where people are actually living in a home, not in a dank, moldy cinder block basement. And so this woman says, hey, my husband was shot by the police without warning due our, due, during our annual ritual. That's right. That's right. Ritual. So already I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Ritual. So uh, we are in Ohio, by the way, if I didn't say that, uh, Dateline, Ohio. So it turns out <laughs> that um, just after the new year, their annual ritual apparently is to go out in their yard and fire their AR-15. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, welcome in the new year. Yeah, she says her husband has been firing off celebratory gunshots with their AR-15. It's been a tradition of ours every year. Isn't that great? It's wonderful to have family traditions. You know what I do on New Year's? Sleep, usually. You know what I do on other holidays? Visit family and friends. Yeah, I don't grab my AR. And she called it an AR-15. So that isn't the article calling that or whatever. That's what she calls it, okay? And we're talking to her because it turns out that people in the area called the cops imagine that so here the police got to go out they go hey there's gunshots they go out there's some dude shooting an ar-15 around yeah so what do they do they shoot him imagine that uh so he goes down and then they got to get everybody else out of the house which she's all offended by she's like instead of helping my husband they made us all come out of the house with our hands up yeah, we were met with, quote, 30-something officers with guns pointing at us, telling us to get down and come out of the house with our hands up. Oh, really? So you don't think they should just walk in there like, oh, no problem? Now, he was taken to the hospital where he later died due to being an idiot. Uh, that was should be listed on his cause of death. Uh, they said the officer feared for safety, so, of course, he shot the person. I got, by the way, I got no problem with it, all right? If you're outside shooting a gun, I think officers should be able to go up to you immediately and kill you. Simple as that, all right? Is that clear enough? I think it is. Uh, you know, it's just as simple as that. You shouldn't be outside shooting what that she says is an AR-15, of all things. Uh, right? Where is CNN about this, by the way? This was not on CNN. You'd think they'd be all offended by it, right? And so she said, uh, it makes me hurt that, uh, you know, the community, by the way, is left outraged. And this is half of the problem. Half of the problem. Why is the community outraged? They're outraged at the police. They're outraged at the police. Instead of being outraged at people who are outside shooting guns up all over the place. Please. 
I don't know, you know, I guess maybe it was just impressed upon me as a kid about gun safety and, you know, only shooting at things you want to kill, you know, that kind of thing. Always safety, always first priority with a weapon. And, you know, we're armed up here, right? It's like, uh, you know, World War III is going to go on in this house here. But I'm not out in the New Year's shooting the guns all up all over the place. Peer, 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 like, uh, you know. Uh, you know, the guy with the big mustache who I can't think of his name right now that I need to find it. But, uh, you, know, you know, what I'm talking about I can't think of a Looney Tunes guy. Come on. Somebody is going to write to me and say, Mark, you're stupid. You should be on the next uh, episode of this. Why we're not on Mars, because this is his name. So I'm thinking Co Wiley, but that's the coyote guy. Anyhow, look back to what I'm saying as I get off track again. Gracie, thanks for the help. Do not go out and shoot up weapons. You're going to get killed by the police. Some people, apparently some people care. Apparently other people in the community do not care, which amazes me. Okay, maybe people should, maybe there should be an island. Where, what's out there by Guam? Is there, are there any other islands out in the area that, you know, are abandoned and, uh, you know, we could use for idiot people and could say, look, if you're an idiot, you can just go to the airport Say, tell the counter, I'm an idiot, and they'll give you a one-way ticket to Idiot Island or something like that, which actually sounds like a show that's probably going to start on February 9th, starting on Discovery, Idiot Island. <laughs> Every week, somebody gets eliminated and eaten by sharks. So uh, that's probably going to happen. That's the deal. All right, do not shoot AR-15s into the air. Do not, because the police are going to see you outside shooting guns and kill you, which I could not agree more with. I couldn't agree more. It's sad that somebody has to die like that, but come on. What are the police supposed to do? Talk nice to you? Give you lunch? I mean, come on, right? So so there you go. So that's my story today. I hope you enjoyed it, my story from the hospital. Please, I want you to at least think about it when, if you're somebody that is insisting that someone else do something, you know, that isn't how the country was founded. That's the point of me telling that story. I thought it was pretty interesting, but that's not how it works here. Even if something is safer, even if it's the better thing to do, it doesn't matter to me. What matters is what's in the Constitution. That's all that matters. That's all that matters to me. If it isn't in there, the government doesn't get to make you do it, even if it's better for you to do it. Just that simple. All right. So that's what we're doing today. Thanks for listening and hanging in there today for the podcast. Tuesday, Friday, weather permitting for the podcast. YouTube videos over there. Send me your missives. Mark at truckinganswersnation.com. And we'll be back soon with another podcast.